How you doing, buddy? I'm good. That's I'm good. good to know. Can I can I get through this? You're going to, so I'm going to say yes. This way it seems like it's my idea. You know, if you want to enter the show, I you always can. I want to interrupt you. It's the same reason why you like interrupting me with sound effects. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. I'm joined by my colleague, Catherine Rubino, and we're here uh, with a you know, a bit of a special episode. Special episode. I mean, it doesn't seem all that special to your side, but I mean, I guess we can discuss why it's special. Yeah. Which is uh, the subject of small... See? See, you were going to interrupt me. Uh, perish the thought. Uh, yeah, so uh, the reason this is a little bit special is we're kind of recording this uh, extra early, so we're going to be less... Timely. Time sensitive about the, the actual news of the week. Uh, the reason we're doing that is because we, well, uh, if you, those of you who are plugged re- in to the exciting pl- world of legal technology. Knowledge, knowledge. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, if, for those of you who know that, you <laughs> no, know that. <laughs> that, that tickled me. I okay. enjoyed that. Uh, for those of you who are aware of that, that universe. Uh, or perhaps the, listen to your other podcast, oh, that's The Roundtable. Yeah, that's true. Uh, then, you know, that the ILTACON conference is taking place this week, uh, and therefore, you know, that's a job that we've got to do and uh, go down and cover that, and that means we don't really have time to be recording a podcast. So, so what's ILTA like as a journalist when you go down to cover it? I've only been to one, and to be honest, what mostly what I remember is the location. Right. Because it was uh, at so Disney. It was. My favorite place on Earth, as it should be everyone's, because it's literally the happiest place on Earth. Fair enough. So yeah, no. So we had to, this this year we're in National Harbor, and which is outside. Not the of, happiest place on earth. It's not. It's like this weird conference facsimile village outside of Washington. It's like DC. a facsimile of a town. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair way of describing it. Anyway, we're we're there uh, having this conference. Uh, it is a large conference. Brings together a lot of international, and you know the global law firms uh, and legal departments Mm -hmm. coming together, uh, especially aimed towards the legal technologists. Uh, That's usually IT people, but also, you know, a lot of operations folks and so on. Uh, They come together to have a series of sessions that are interesting about what's going on in legal technology, but also, Mm -hmm. as one does with these sorts of conferences, there's an exhibit hall where a lot of the mover and shaker vendors uh, come to peddle their wares. So you're going to get a lot of branded highlighters. It's always possible that there's some swag. <laughs> yeah, no, it's always a great What's the opp- best piece of like conference swag that you've got throughout the years? Because you've been covering legal tech conferences for a number of years for ATL. As far as the, you know, it's a few different things. I, so I don't use it very often, mm-hmm. but the objectively best thing I got was an Apple Watch. Oh, yeah, that would qualify yeah, as the nicest uh, I, I did get bit of swag. Watch. Yeah, uh, but I also, you know, I, I go to these things. I, I use a lot of the, I currently, I, I think I'm actually currently drinking from something I got at ILTA. Yeah, no, I got this, so this, particular, or, this particular yeah. thermos, yeah, I got from ILTA. Yeah, so useful stuff like that. Anyway, but uh, you get to hear a lot about what's going on in the industry, what they're hearing from clients. Clients talk to us about what they're hearing from vendors. Uh, it's a good opportunity to take the temperature. A lot of the 
vendors may, uh, time their releases surrounding the conference. So, so the you, news coming out of the conference. You hear about new, sure. new features. Uh, you know, we just heard, you know, in advance of the conference, NetDocuments just told us about a new automation feature that they have, which is kind of cool. I got to see a demo of that. That was fun. Uh, but yeah, that's what that's a lot of what this show is. But yeah, that's what it's like to cover it. That sounds like a good I imagine there might be some parties as well to attend. There are a few parties, which, you know, obviously are very serious business. Very, very and serious I take, business. I take as no, no alcohol involved. I take I take them as seriously as you would expect I would. <laughs> um, <laughs> Leaves a lot of room for interpretation. Yeah. Or not much room at all. Yeah. So uh, we don't have a particularly long show today, but we wanted to get something out there that talks about a couple of stories that are not so much time sensitive, but we still thought were very interesting from this last week. And so at the as we speaking of legal technology. Yes. So first of which we'll talk a little bit about legal technology, though we are going to do that after we take a break. Here from because our that's sponsors. what we do. Yeah, that's what we do when we come to the conclusion of Calidus AI cleverly supports you by suggesting relevant law to address your complex issues. Put in simple questions or longer fact patterns, then Calidus asks you to confirm if points are salient before proceeding. Use Calidus to check if you found all the key concepts, cases, and statutes. Calidus turns that into a high-quality, customer-ready document. Handle complexity confidently with Legal's most advanced AI platform. Get $90 off your first two months. Use promo code Joe at CalidusAI.com. That's C-A-L-L-I-D-U-S-A-I.com. Hey, Guy, what's up? Just having some lunch, Conrad. Hey, Guy, do you see that billboard out there? Oh, you mean that guy out there in the gray suit? Yeah, the gray suit guy. Order up. There's uh, all those beautiful, rich, leather-bound books in the background. That is exactly the one. That's J.D. McGuffin at Law. He'll fight for you! I bet you he has got so many years of experience. Like decades and decades. And I bet, Guy, I bet he even went to a law school. Are you a lawyer? Do you suffer from dull marketing and a lack of positioning in a crowded legal marketplace? Sit down with Guy and Conrad for Lunch Hour Legal Marketing on the Legal Talk Network. Available wherever podcasts are found. All right. So, yeah, we have a bit of a legal tech story uh, out of the gate. I had an opportunity this last week, actually. It was really great. I, I, it's a story that I had actually covered back at Legal Week, the more spring show that in the legal tech world. But there I spoke on it about some of the stuff that they were doing and what came up because it was obviously on everyone's mind this was only the show that show was only a, a week or so into the russian invasion of ukraine and we talked about how ukraine has a somewhat of a thriving it market mm -hmm. and for that reason there are a lot of legal tech connections there including axdraft which is a you know, what part of the on it extended family, okay. uh, which is based in Ukraine. And wow. they told me there, you know, about the hard stuff about evacuations and making sure every employee was fine and all, uh, which was what did it all entail? Well, so that's actually what I wanted to get to. So that was a conversation I had back in March. And, you know, as time has gone on, we've had a lot of other things happening, which unfortunately, you know, force you to 
budget your time. Mm-hmm. You don't want to lose track of the important issues. And this one, you know, we I got an opportunity this week to follow up to talk a little bit more. And that gave me an opportunity to talk to Yuri Zarembab, who's the co-founder and managing director of Axdraft, mm-hmm. uh, who's currently in Leave. Uh, and I got to talk to him about how all this went down. And yeah, pretty harrowing. Uh, I can he, imagine. Yeah, he had a plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things he told me was that they had they had thought through that this could possibly happen. You know, we hear these reports that apparently many people in Ukraine did not think this was really going to happen, that this was just posturing. Axdraft, though, took it very seriously and had a plan to evacuate everybody and to... So those project management skills are coming in in handy handy when you also need to evacuate your country. Yeah. So, well, uh, so they are based, they were based in Kyiv. They had a plan when things started going. Uh, They executed the plan, had buses to move everybody out of Kiev to leave, uh, which is the on the westernmost side of the country, mm-hmm. which has not been anywhere near. There's been some rocket attacks, but not near any of the where, where Russian troops were. Uh, and they had pre-booked hotels and office space so that they would be able to keep working because as an internet as a company that services international clients, they didn't want to have interruption. And they managed to have they also set up some folks in Frankfurt, Germany for some of the client facing stuff. And yeah, and they managed to keep the company going, got got out there, and now they have a permanent base there. And they had well, the first semester uh, first semester, bless me. Uh, the the first quarter of the year was obviously rough to the extent that not that they were disrupted, but lots of people they sell to were and stuff. Sure. So the first quarter was not great, but the second quarter was their best quarter ever, which is astounding, uh, the resilience Sure, of in that. the middle of a literal war. Yeah. And ultimately, the Ukrainian forces have pushed the Russians out of the Kiev area, and so some of the folks have gone back there. So they now have a permanent base in Lviv, and they also have some folks back at the old place. Or uh, I mean, that's that's certainly where they where the bulk of their employees mm-hmm. are now, as I heard. But some folks went back to Kiev because Kiev is now. Yuri was telling me about seventy five percent open is oh, what wow. he would estimate that restaurants and places are so uh, things are stores. largely back to normal. Yeah, or that's how he from said. His perspective, yeah, yeah. yeah, that they're they're doing what they they can there. So yeah, things are largely back to normal there. Uh, obviously, there were you know there were some issues with how one's day to day routine was disrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yuri told me that when they first were given the okay to go back, he actually told folks maybe wait a while, sure, uh, because and because there were like parks where you would walk your dog that were closed off from landmine concerns and stuff wow. like that. So. Yeah. You know, but he says it's getting getting back, and what, that's one of the things, one of the messages he had to his team. Why they, when they evacuated, they kept working, was mm-hmm. he said like everybody's got to do your part, and our part here is to keep generating revenue and keep paying our taxes so right. that we can, you know, <laughs> that, that is in fact how fighting. these how wars are, are funded, right? Yeah, taxes, and so yeah, he said that. You know, our mission is to keep making money for the country, and that's what they've been doing. And yeah, yeah, it's still an ongoing crisis. He was very 
clear that he wanted people to remember that, but that, you know, he's hopeful now for the, you know, more hopeful now than he had been that they aren't going to have to go backward and do more evacuations and stuff. But yeah, really, that was a story we had uh, that, yeah, it was very interesting. It, it's, it's good something you don't hear. always think about when you're saying, yeah. oh, I'm in legal tech. Yeah. And also. Uh, it's certainly not what you bargain for. What you when think you you're signing up for. Yeah. But, I, but I guess that's sort of the horror of war, right? Mm-hmm. Is that it affects everyone. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Well. well it's uh, good to see that um, at least the, the folks at uh, Axdraft are, are doing well. Yeah. No, it, very good. And uh, yeah, no, great, great work on their part. Thankfully, everybody's okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're back. Yeah. Also kind of on this human interest tact that this episode's fallen under. There was a story in CNN about... I've heard of them. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, they're kind no. of a big deal. Yeah, I've heard of that outlet. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but they had a story about uh, Fawza Amini, an Afghanistan uh, judge. Mm-hmm. Um, she was uh, she headed the Elimination of Violence Against Women Court, and so prosecuted or presided over all sorts of cases where women were victimized either by partners or by you know whatever kinds of of, of crimes and. You know, that all that kind of changed last year when the Taliban took over Kabul. Mm. One of the things that they did uh, once they took over the city was to shut down uh, the court. They fired all the women, and according to uh, Amini, they also froze their bank accounts. You know, this is the moment when she says she began to plot her escape from Afghanistan. She also has four uh, children, daughters, uh, and very concerned that her entire family would become targets because she had taken on this sort of leadership role, not only as a woman judge, but also, you know, on that particular court. And she was able to flee the country. And this is what I also thought was, was very interesting is that, it was it was actually her legal connections that helped get her out of the country. Oh. Um, a UK solicitor, uh, the Baroness Helena Kennedy, actually had been to Afghanistan organizing the country's efforts to create a bar association and got a lot of contacts from women in the country as a result. And when the Taliban took over, she started getting calls about, you know, I'm, I'm in danger. I'm hiding in my basement. I don't know what to do. Is there anyone? out there kind of that can help. And she was able to uh, fundraise a bunch of money, charter planes. Uh, Amini talked about getting her family by bus that had to, you know, go a 12-hour bus ride with the headlights off because they were afraid of being seen to get to a chartered plane where they were then able to leave the country. But she also has friends who are still there that were remain unidentified uh, fully uh, because of fear right. of retribution, obviously. Um, but but talk about how that they're still very, very fearful for their lives, that they're treated like prisoners and that they feel, feel like their entire life has been stolen by the, the Taliban. You know, it the problems didn't end when they were able to flee the country. She talks about, first of all, one of the most sort of poignant slash heartbreaking um, images from the story is she talks about cutting a hole in her dress and sewing her law degree. Mm. 
Yeah. I mean, that that's that's awful. And but, you know. Yeah, she says she wants to be able to like prove her credentials no right. matter where she wound up. Um, so she's actually currently in the UK. Currently, mm. uh, her focus is on learning English, getting her children or her children are in school, something that women, girls are right. not currently allowed to do in Afghanistan. But Helena Kennedy actually talked about how she thought that it would be so easy to to get refugee status for all these women that she was getting out of the country uh, because these are these courageous women taking a stand against the Taliban, all this kinds of stuff. And it's actually proven very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> There's, you know, international standard, different countries have different processes, different forms to fill out. And it's kind of been in a mess to figure out where all of these folks who were able to get out will will wind up and, mm-hmm. and what status they have in the country that they have wound up in. So definitely um, an ongoing yeah. <laughs> problem and story. But but I think that it's something that we don't pay enough attention to sort of the because there's so very many problems, but you know, it's very, there's a mess left in Afghanistan and women like this are the ones very much left holding the bag. And, you know, they talk about, they had dreams for the country that they felt was on the right track and it's, it's been pushed backwards and it's, you know, heartbreaking to, to think about this woman's story and, you know, the, the steps backward that, Mm. that she's taken. Yeah, so today's episode was very much on the humanitarian crises and a conversation about legal tech, uh, which... There was a connection there. There, there, there were. Uh, it, it, there was a tonal shift in the show, I think is fair to say. <laughs> this is not our typical show. I normally don't get choked up yeah. in the middle of the show. But, you know, bad things... We should feel we should feel things when we hear stories yeah. about bad things that are going on in the world. Well, uh, with that, I think we've we're done with this short kind of special event episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, you should be subscribed to the show so you get episodes when they come out. You can give reviews, stars, write things. You know, do all that sort of stuff. You can check out our other shows. I'm on that legal tech weekly uh, that weekly legal tech. See, you don't know the name <laughs> of it. Journalists Roundtable. You can also subscribe to Thinking Like a Lawyer, which most of the time, which you can get episodes when they. I know, but I was also going to say that most of the time they're not this much of a downer. Wow, that's that is correct. That was that was what I was just going to say. That is correct. You can also listen to the Jabo, which is Catherine's other program. You can listen to the other offerings from the Legal Talk Network. Follow us on social media. I'm at Joseph Treese. She's at Catherine One, the numeral one. Uh, Read above the law, so you can follow ATL on Twitter too. It's at ATL Blog. That is right. We also have an Instagram, although I can't remember what that is. I think it's ATL Blog too. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Follow uh, the other shows on the Legal Talk Network. I already said that one. Well, I wasn't listening to you, Joe. See, that's the problem. Like, is it? It's, or is it, it really what have, makes uh, me the superstar here? Is, all you have to do <laughs> is follow the dulcet tones of my voice. Everything will work out fine. I mean, then I would absolutely fall asleep. Mm. Right. Like, let's be very all right. clear. So with with that done, I think we're, we're finished and we'll uh, chat with you again next week. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, 
Join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.